0: He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. It was such a unifying thing to the team to actually go through such adversity and to, to like really band together. I mean, it, the next morning, once the, the fire was out over the night on Tuesday morning it was out, we had an all-hands meeting. And literally in less than 24 hours, we turned the whole property, like got all the linens out, started putting in, you know replacing items that had been damaged, everything. And we're welcoming guests on Wednesday.
1: All right, Nathan, I've seen you guys have announced and launched the smoke detection for cigarette smoke, but why cigarette smoke? What's the difference? Yeah, we call it our cigarette detection feature because it is actually a a pretty smart feature, meaning... We use machine learning with how the feature
0: actually detects things. So if someone's in your rental and they've burnt a piece of toast or, or done something that could be similar, we're smart enough to detect
1: that it's not cigarette smoke. So therefore, we're only going to alert you about the things that you care about and for the things that you don't, we won't. All right. You heard it here first. Another minute with minute and now back to the episode. All right, Seth. Bolt, this is a special episode for me as I've been a, you know, I, I guess I could say this to you, a long-time listener, first-time, first-time guest, I guess to you. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, little different, little different setting, but really excited to talk with you, Seth. For all the listeners that are wondering why I'm saying that to you. If you haven't heard of Bolt Farm Treehouse, then you need to check them out and also go back to Seth's wife's episode, Tori. She was on later in the year of 2022, talking about the Bolt Farm Treehouse vision from its inception to your guys' wedding and honeymoon to this hospitality brand and behemoth it's becoming. So... Now I get to have you on, Seth, and for those who don't know, you are part of the band Need to Breathe, and that's why I'm saying long-time listener, first-time guest, question mark, because uh, I've been a bit a big fan of you and the band for, for quite a while, so thanks for joining me on the podcast.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, Will.
1: Of course. Well, you have been on the road. We got to do a little podcast pre-chat while you were he- uh, heading into a venue and getting ready for sound check and all the fun stuff, and so... It's crazy to hear your story, not just from Tori's side, but then also see, also see it in action, where you're kind of managing these two, two different lives. You you're a hospitality entrepreneur and a bass player, an amazing band. So I would love to know, just give me like 30 to 60 second high-level overview of your, your journey to this point where we are today, and then we'll, we'll start going into some deeper dive topics.
0: Yeah, good question. I th- I really think they intersect well like for me you know I I'm I really thrive on creating inspiring environments where people can you know be the best version of themselves and music gives me a way to do that in a way that I can you know pour my creativity into songs and and then that music can just be you know sent around the world and music's a powerful thing like it's it's really it, it really shapes like the environment of the mind and so many people who listen to need to breathe music they'll say like man you know your music really helped me through a tough thing i was going through and that means the world to me and now with bolt farm treehouse it's my way of getting to use like both my construction background because like i grew up watching my dad and my grandpa build stuff and to actually like build some really creative spaces now you can imagine too like with with the band like Getting the travel world would need to breathe. Like I've seen so much hospitality, and I've been the recipient of Mm -hmm. so much hospitality. And to me, there's no better place to go to like really recharge than nature. And I experienced that just from my travels because it's like obviously with music, so much time spent in cities. But anytime I could get out into the country, then I just felt like stress go away. And you know that's powerful. So initially, I was like, how can I take the penthouse suite? you know, and like combine that with nature and create something that, uh, is kind of rare and unique and brand new. And so the treehouse seemed like the, the coolest kind of vehicle to have fit all this like posh luxury, you know, top of the world experience inside something that really kind of makes you feel like a kid and nostalgic and on top of the world.
1: Well, not only that, but you know, for for all of us hopeless romantics out there, it was a, a big act of love in the beginning, right? Like you, this was your your gift and surprise to, to Tori as you guys were preparing to you know become one and you know get married and and such a, a big gesture, not just to say that in front of the you know family and friends, but now you you kind of made this treehouse as a kind of a gift to her in the beginning, which has kind of spiral you know, inspired and spiraled into this hospitality brand probably i I would imagine bigger than you expected it to be
0: yeah for sure um which is kind of the cool thing about inspiration is sometimes it's just like calling you in a direction and if you follow it it takes you someplace amazing and that's certainly the case for Bolt farm treehouse i mean i was inspired by love and really created the first honeymoon treehouse because i met my wife while my dad and i were were building the first treehouse and Going back to what I was saying, like I, why was I building the treehouse to start with? Because I knew I needed a place where I could go and and like recharge and retreat. So, I grew up on a farm in South Carolina, and uh, it's 40 acres. And I had convinced my parents into let me do like a creative building project on that on that piece of property, you know, tucked away back in the woods. And I picked out the spots, and we started the treehouse process. And then, like simultaneously. I meet Tori, my now wife, and then I was really inspired and was thinking like, well, how can I make this, you know, worthy of our honeymoon? And um, mm-hmm. it was actually, I just told this story tonight to some guests. We just had a happy hour event. And I was talking about how that inspiring environment, like when we were on our honeymoon, we, it, we had space. Because when I say environment, I think it's also about creating space. I think especially with our culture as busy as it's gotten, like there is a, there's a value that's kind of priceless to having the right inspiring environment and, you know, having the time to be away from email, news, tech, all that stuff to just, you know, uh, for some people to just be alone and to think and for, for people who are coupled like to be in in that space with their person. And for us, the way we used it and how it's truly magical for us is we were like dreaming about what we wanted, you know, the next chapter of life to look like and what we wanted you know, uh, you know, our goals for work, our goals for life, our goals for our family. And we didn't know it at that time, but it all was pointing to this. And it was on that trip that we actually were like, you know, if we did, if we provided this experience for other people, it would actually check nearly all these boxes, all these random things that we wanted to do. And now it's all coming to fruition. We just had our, our first child and part of our desire was we wanted to raise children in a hospitality environment where they could learn the joy of serving others. And we certainly thought that would be a good way to like fight off some of the entitlement issues, you know, and, and like, hopefully just like, I had, I had a humble childhood and upbringing, like grandparents were orphans, parents didn't have much. And I just watched two entrepreneurs really, bootstrap their way towards building a better life. And we're trying to build on that now too. Um, but there's something really special about, you know, small towns, communities, rural settings, and people who just have a heart for for hospitality and serving others. And I'm getting to watch that play out in all kinds of ways now.
1: Yeah. And so for the listeners maybe that didn't listen to Tori's episode, I would love for you, can you set the tone of what Bolt Farm Treehouse looks like now? It's no longer just one tree house. It's, uh, it's a whole combine of, of tree houses and mirror cabins and all these things that you guys have been building on on this property. So uh, one, I, I highly recommend anyone who's listening now, if you haven't heard, definitely check out Tori's episode because it gives such a, a grand perspective of what you guys have been building and how this has been happening since your guys' honeymoon. But for, for anyone who maybe doesn't have the time to go back, can you just tell us uh, what does it look like today? Because this is such a cool environment for your daughter to to grow up in. Is I, I kind of look at it. You know, I have had a lot of guests and I've met a lot of people in the hotel industry who like say they basically grew up in hotels. Right, their their mom was a GM, and so as a kid, they're running through the halls, checking with the housekeepers at like seven, three years old, for You know, all the way through through high school and college. So that's this this is. Going to be your daughter's version of roaming the halls in and, and hotels and experiencing hospitality. So I would love for you to set that scene.
0: Yeah. Okay. So after after we had our honeymoon, wedding, everything, we um, we put the treehouse on Airbnb. Uh, my wife was and she was on TV previously doing like network news, and um she decided to quit her job and just do the treehouse full time because it was really we were just getting amazing feedback from the guests and people who are staying there it becomes the number one treehouse and or the number one airbnb in the state of south carolina and then we decided okay like let's let's follow this let's lean into this because i mean we were getting people were writing in the journal things like you know this probably had a 25 year our marriage you know or wow. i rediscovered my best friend and things like that so i mean it's always meant a lot to me to just to create things that add value to others and to inspire people and to try to really just, you know, kind of have a positive impact on as many people as possible. So, and my wife's the same way. Like we're very unified in that, in that vision and mission. So we, we bought a piece, another piece of property and started building more tree houses and just kind of kept growing, kept learning. I mean, just like crashing into the walls and like, we had never done development. We had never done hospitality. We had never de- had like a brand a brand branding and marketing and sales company. We were like, let's do all, let's do all those things and just start them all from <laughs> scratch and see what happens. And uh, we really, we, we were looking very hard for, uh, you know, a mountaintop type setting. Cause I was thinking that would be the ultimate place to do, you know, a, you know, a luxury outdoor hospitality, you know, mountaintop wellness retreat. And so we found a spot after years of looking in Tennessee and uh, we're like in between Chattanooga and Nashville and literally, I mean, this place, you couldn't, you couldn't paint a more beautiful setting. I and mean, we've got 55 acres on top of a mountain, a mile of front row views. There is a, it's not only mountaintop, but it's also cliffside. So there's just like big, beautiful rock faces that are on the front of the property. And then there is a six mile lush valley And then a state park on the other side so we built tree houses but also there was like a a beautiful cleared area and years ago i'd I'd been seeing uh, geodesic domes and Mm. most of the ones i saw were in europe and i was just looking to see like has anyone really taken this all the way and a lot of people had you know some good ideas but I didn't really feel like anyone had really taken it as far as I knew that I could take it. So we built domes and tree houses at first. And then uh, uh let's see, in twenty twenty two, I think I got really intrigued with with mirrored structures because of having like a floor to ceiling experience from the inside where you feel like really connected with nature and then having mirrors on three sides. Um, from the outside meant that like these structures would just reflect nature and and harmonize and blend in with nature so those are the three different um, experiences that we have here and um, we're we're still growing we just added like a few miles of nature trails and it's truly it's it's an extraordinary place like my we we honestly camped in a tent when the property was for sale The the owner was like sure go ahead you know And so we, we just spent time on the property and, and like studied it and figured out like, what does this want to be and where does everything want to be? So it's been a very slow and natural and well, not that slow. It's been pretty fast, but, but a very natural progression for the, for the growth of it. And just, you know, being, being a nature lover, but also being a developer is kind of a weird, you know, kind of intersection because typically, you know, or. I don't know, people think well developers don't care about nature and that the other. But for me, I'm like I, I, it's so like a great marriage, like to be able to use such a light footprint and really, you know, have so much respect for um for the earth and the air. Like we're now doing something as a development company that has surprised and shocked a lot of people. The fact that in the the hospitality industry and the development industry can be as sustainable as we are and having a light footprint for how we build and having a light footprint for how we operate. And so we're really trying to do something altogether different that just raises the bar on so many levels that matter to people. Um, One of those being uh, planting trees. Like we decided this year, we're like, what if every reservation at Bolt Farm Treehouse resulted in the planting of a tree and we've planted over, well, over a thousand trees by now so it's just cool like when you i mean in the hospitality world is rife with this like you put talented people who have great ideas and love and energy you know and it's truly amazing what what can happen and i think we're just gonna start. I, was just, I
1: was just gonna ask you uh, how do you you know a lot of people especially that i get to talk to you know they they really get into the industry for the love of people the passion of serving the passion of creating moments whether it's on or in destination leading into their actual lives so you know, i i think you've heard this story of the i think you told me this actually about the story maybe i could be wrong i've had a lot of conversations today so forgive me for for maybe misquoting but there's a story of like you know a ritz carlton hotel the kid you know left his teddy bear and instead of throwing it away or keeping it lost and found the the staff basically grabbed this teddy bear, dressed it up, took pictures on different parts of the hotel with the housekeepers and in the restaurant and at the pool. And, and then it was on a Polaroid. So then they sent the bear back to the kid with all the pictures. Like, Hey, while Teddy was on vacation, he, here's what he was doing at the hotel. Thank you for your stay. And we hope that he's, he's rested at home or whatever. It was a really nice, cute note. And so like those moments, right. they're, They're really special. Like I even get just goosebumps thinking about that type of stuff. And, Then you have the business side, whether it's development or making sure you're profitable or running operations and just the other side, right? And a lot of people get in for the first half where it's, I want to provide hospitality. I want to provide experiences and moments. Now it's hard because you have this business piece where it's important. You got to run efficiently and effectively in order to provide the the hospitality. How do you look and approach that with the development? And then of course, like running a brand and Obviously, making sure it's profitable and continuing to grow and scale and become the the wellness retreat and destination that you are. Because sometimes I feel like maybe entrepreneurs in our industry can go too heavy on one side, and then usually there's a a give and a take, right? And and sometimes it's not the best outcome. So for you guys, for Bolt Family or Bolt Farm Treehouse, sorry, you know, where's where's that balance for you? Or how do you guys look at that and approach it?
0: Yeah, great question. I think so like so many of our decisions are, I would say purpose is like, is one of our superpowers. And I think right now in the hospitality industry, we're all seeing this. Like there's a, there's a war for talent. There are so many, there's such a need for people who, you know, are going to show up with, you know, love and thoughtfulness and, and, you know, create stories and memories like the one you didn't share with the Red colton Teddy bear. And, What I've seen is people are attracted to teams and organizations who, who are like living their purpose and would describe, you know, describe it as a calling more than a career. And that's how we feel. And I think on paper, you you, you know, businesses like ours probably are not supposed to win because there's not, you know, there's not some, some big, hospitality branding behind us that's been around for decades and there's it's there's no like secret pot of money but like mm. what we've created the value for people is so high from all that love and intentionality that you know the the business is incredibly successful and i've you know i feel like every week now i'm getting inquiries from people being like hey i want to do something like what you're doing I'll pay you whatever. If you teach me how to do it, you know, I, uh, I, I think this is industry is the future. And I will, you know, they're like, I think a lot of them are seeing like dollar signs because they're like, I see what you're charging per night. And, and you know, I want that too. (laughs) I'm like, well, my dad taught me a long time ago. Like if, if money is your goal, you're going to end up making a lot of, you know, if money's your primary goal, you're going to be making a lot of poor decisions along the way. And I'll never forget like riding in an old pickup truck with my dad and he, we were listening to like this inspirational cassette tape. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) And the message was essentially like, if you, instead of, of like chasing money, will just focus all of your energy on creating as much value for others, for as many people as you can, you'll never have to worry about money. And that just made a ton of sense to me, you know, but, and it's really, and it's played out. I was fortunate to have, you know, two entrepreneurship parents who gave me a great financial education. So I, you know, that a lot of that just comes natural. And then now just really by sharing and telling people about what we're doing and the impact that we're having, it's attracting so many people who have all of those soft skills and talents and the business acumen to come alongside of it. And we actually have a big team that's growing rapidly like we're over over 20 people, actually over 30 people now and I think we're hiring for 10 different roles just because oh. of the rate that we're growing.
1: How how do your parents feel watching this unfold, you know, getting to know where you came from and they know their journey as entrepreneurs to see now their son and daughter-in-law and hopefully, you know, granddaughter now getting to experience this. What's what's that conversation like?
0: They're they're really proud. And they I don't know, I mean, I think they were I think my dad's philosophy for parenting, which I'm I at this very early stage have am also, you know, going to uh going to embrace as well. But like I think he just tried to make childhood hard enough that adulthood was more manageable. And so many of the values that, that I learned as a kid I learned in a farm setting. That's where that the bolt farm treehouse comes from. So, and that's, those are the, those are really the things that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sharing with our team or, you know, a lot of people who work with us did come from either, you know, a humble beginning or a farm type setting, or just, they just love, um, exercising their gifts and they love to work. Um, but I've almost gone, and this is probably contrary to what I see a lot of fluff on like hiring websites on hospitality, I'm like, get out of here. Like, you know, all we we don't care about anything more than our people and this stuff. And like, if you know the company or you've heard stories about the company, you're like, I'm, you know, this is just what they told you to put on here to get more applicants. And we're doing the opposite. And I'm, I'm saying like, Hey, you know, we come from like farm type backgrounds and we have a culture of hard work and like, we work really hard. And if that's not for you, you know, then then we're probably not the right fit but we're we're just being very clear about trying to attract people who really do want like they wake up excited for like the stories they're going to create that day
1: yeah i agree with you i think there is such a a dog on hustle culture and and grinding and and working really hard and and being obsessed with what you do and loving what you do and yeah i'm i'm a guy that that's all I do. That's all I do. Uh, my friends are like, what hobbies do you have? I'm like, I don't have hobbies. I have businesses and that's what I do. Like, It's just the way it is. And I, I love my team. Like, My team does great. Kelsey who's going to edit this episode and, and be kind of doing a lot of the stuff behind the scenes. She knows. It's like, I'm always on Slack. I'm always working. And there, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I, I think, you know, being able to say what you just said to potential employees and, and team members is if you don't want to work hard. This is not the place to be because we work hard and we we are proud of what we do. And I think, you know, it's good that you guys don't shy away from that because I even remember being a hotel manager and just being like, you know, oh, yeah, like same thing, kind of fluffy with the job description. And if you love taking care of people and being part of a culture that's super, you know, self-sacrificing and da-da-da-da it's like, no, this, this job sucks sometimes. Like you have people yelling at you online. You You got, you got housekeepers that don't show up. So you have to go inspect rooms. Like it's not easy, but it's really fulfilling because it opens up the door for a lot of moments. And, you know, I think you have to find a real special person for that. So I would love to, you know, maybe here on your, on your side, where do you guys, uh, again, where do you, where do you go into the culture piece of. Finding a natural team member with that, but also like I guess maybe rephrasing the question, sometimes people say you can't train hospitality. You can train the, you know, the operations of the back end of the job overall, but the 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 hospitality piece has to be kind of a given. Do you guys feel like you can train hospitality into team, or do you feel like you have to naturally have that ability? <laughs> All right. So you're trying to grow your portfolio and your property management business, but sometimes owners don't have the best peace of mind when it comes to giving up the keys to their home to an unknown brand or company. And of course, let's be honest. Sometimes we hear the horror stories of guests and the bad guests that stay in vacation rentals and throw parties. Well, safely as you covered, because not only do they screen your guests that are staying, but they also ensure that you are covered from all things such as ill intent, Stupidity, aka vacation brain, and other things like pet damage and theft. While doing that, you are able to partner with Vintory and grow your portfolio with their marketing platform that helps ensure that you are attracting the right owners to your rental program and growing your business in the destination that you are in, or if you're in multiple destinations, that works too. So get the links in the show notes because both companies have special offers. If you don't use a link, but you end up talking to them. Guess what? Just tell them that Will Slicker sent you from Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, and they'll get you covered. And you can also let them know that maybe you've heard of them on our platform, hospitality.fm. So of course, like always, make sure you grab the links in the show notes. And thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, uh, we've definitely made the mistake of being being
0: inexperienced in certain You know for certain roles and and like really hiring for experience and then ultimately them you know not being a a culture fit and so lesson learned there and now you know i'm i'm not really concerned about you know how you know the background or you know education or or that kind of thing it's like do you have you know a, a genuine like heart and calling for hospitality because caring for people is actually not something you learn in a textbook. You know? Yeah. I think part of that is it it's nature, not nurture. And so now for us it's it's cool too to watch a team like and and I'll say the team aspect of hospitality is one of the most amazing things to watch, like when, when you really have a team that clicks, because and like we have built such a strong core. We've tried not to grow too fast. We're very careful about Who we, you know, invite to be on our team, and we're very upfront about expectations. Because I feel like most of the time when a when a relationship doesn't work between a business and a person, like either expectations weren't properly set or one side was lying to the other, you know. And so I will be will be brutally honest with people and have just totally open honest conversations and tell them, hey, like this is where we're not doing well right now. I want you to know that before you join us. And this is what we're looking to improve. You know, can you do this? I want you to know exactly what you're stepping into because we're a startup and this is a new thing that we're pursuing and we need someone really great to run with the ball. Just so you know, there's not a whole lot of structure here. You know, sometimes that's the conversation, example of that type of conversation we might have. And I think that goes a long way. I mean, people, people want to be part of, of teams and do something more. I've always been really attracted to sports for that reason. I played a lot of sports growing up and there's just something about like the sense of duty. I mean, I feel this with my band and need to breathe too. Like there's something great about like having, having a purpose and having a team where you can hold each other accountable and you do want to show up for them. And like you, you start getting wins and you're winning as a group and everyone's lifting everyone up we actually have a a slack channel called wins and i started something this year just doing like a Neil mover award where i'll just give cash bonuses to people who are just going above and beyond and helping us grow and making us better and smarter and it's been awesome to see uh, all that's come out of that and how much everyone is like actually praising other people and recognizing the work that other people have done
1: yeah that's It's special. And I was just having a a conversation earlier today on the podcast and it was all about, you know, really it does have to trickle from the top down. I think you can't have like, let's say you and Tori at the top of ownership and then have the GM only care about the wins and the hospitality and the service. It really has to come from you guys first and then down to the GM and to then to the ops manager, then to whatever the position structure is with you guys. But there, there's something, you know, I think when hospitality businesses are started, like you said, probably the people that are coming up to you is like, I'll pay you whatever to teach me what you're doing and how you're doing it. I see what you're charging and they see dollar signs and they get all excited and yeah, maybe they care about the hospitality and the experience, right? They want good reviews and they want repeat business. And of course everyone wants that, but it's, it really does have to have an intention of like, I want to, I want to work with people that want to serve. And the best part about a servant heart or a servant business and hospitality is that it's kind of a selfish endeavor, in my opinion. Like I loved when I saw my team do something really great for a guest. I got so excited, like that made me feel good. I was like, I don't care how the guest feels; the guest feels great, I feel great. Like I'm on cloud nine watching that moment right there in the lobby or whatever it was. Right, like it's a very selfish thing in a good way. It's a good selfish. I could be just speaking for myself. So if I'm totally wrong, you just let me know and disagree, but I think there's something super special when it actually is from the top down. And it is implied that if you don't, if you don't care, we're going to care because we need you to care more than probably anyone would expect you to in this, especially in this business.
0: Yeah. I mean, I really think it takes, it takes harmony. Like I think the the people who are actually making the magic are people who are interacting with guests, and I think that a great manager can inspire a team, even if the owner is rotten, you know. But like, what will happen to your point is like at some point that owner is going to put you know issue mandates that mm-hmm. you know either kill the culture or that kind of thing. So I just think it's competitive as hospitality is, especially you know for younger companies like you really do have to be firing on all cylinders and i think as an owner like the way to do that is to lead by example Mm. you know i'm i am on property with my team and i really since the beginning have just found that there's no more effective way than to actually be on the front lines with the people that you're working with so whether it's you know the construction team and like living in an rv next to my construction manager and we're waking up in the morning and getting coffee and then going and building tree houses and, and supervising the teams or you know being on site for the guests like I just did a happy hour event and met guests and shared our story with them being at stand up with the hospitality team we just had a super crazy thing happen where I guess for the first time in 30 years there was like a wildfire right in this area it just happened to be right down below our property and I was actually with my head of Uh, development, my construction manager, we were walking around looking at at where we want to put some spa amenities because that's coming. And we saw smoke coming up from the valley and like just kind of went from like a Sunday afternoon stroll to going to check that out. And then I immediately called my my maintenance leader and said, hey, there's a fire down below the property. He wasn't even going to work that day, but he's like, I'm there. And then before you know it, like other people from the team just start showing up who weren't even scheduled to work that day to help. And a uh, pretty scary thing. I mean, we, everyone just sprung into action and everyone was, you know, essentially prepared, willing and went above and beyond to help save the property. And like I was telling you with the way that the property sh- shaped, like we've got this huge rock wall, so that really helped keep the fire at bay. But then as it was kind of creeping up over the sides. They were there putting it out. They were pre-soaking the ground. They were pre-soaking the structures. I had some team members, like they got fire extinguishers out of a room and like they were when like embers would fly over and land and start fire, they would go put it out. So I've never felt more supported by a group of people and we literally just went through what felt like hell and 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 survived that. And today I actually was I'm ordering like some hero awards for for some of the team members who who like this is sunday afternoon stayed up and fought the fire all the way through the night continued working on monday i think they slept for maybe an hour or two on monday night came back on on tuesday and we uh we didn't lose any structures no one was hurt we you know all the the fire team and crews from like all around came and helped as well and i gotta tell you like that's probably the most scared I've been. I just finished playing four shows with Need to Breathe. That was exhausted from tour. Had been home for five hours, and then was up for like three days firefighting. So I was just wrecked. I was beat. But you know, everyone on the team saw saw that saw me out there. You know, like hose in hand, like fighting fire, protecting <laughs> what we've built, protecting this dream, protecting everyone's job. And it was such a unifying thing to the team to actually go through such adversity and to to like really band together i mean the next morning once the the fire was out over the night on tuesday morning was out we had an all hands meeting and literally in less than 24 hours we turned the whole property like got all the linens out you know put started putting in you know replacing items that had been damaged everything and um we're welcoming guests on wednesday and that kind of thing doesn't happen unless you've got a, you know, a team of amazing people that work like a team. But, you know, we started talking about team, talked about the wildfire. The the, the thing with team I want to say is that I think about, I think about the team and, uh, and like think about how hard college football recruits for talent. I think that the the winners in hospitality are going to be the teams like that to where... Yeah, there's something about what they're doing that's magnetic. And they're also, because they love their guests and they love their team so much, they're not going to let just anybody on their team. And there have been situations where I had just like incredible all star skilled, hospitality, legends, but like they they violated the core value. And I was like, hey, we, this means a lot to us. And, you know, I'm not giving you a free pass and holding you to a different standard just because you've got lots of experience and you know just because you're really talented like i would rather work with a group of people who mean what they say say what they mean you know to make meaningful relationships and do meaningful work because i think we can outperform you know teams of players who uh they've got all the the, on paper they look great but ultimately you know they're just in it for the money
1: yeah and i love that and I got to imagine that the next day, as you guys are welcoming guests. I, I, yeah, I can't imagine going through that. I, I've, you know, I've served in, in the military and I've had that, you know, brother kind of bond, right? Like there's something special when you go through something really hard with a group of people or someone specifically, whether it's a partner in life, in the service, in a hotel, fighting a wildfire. There's just something special about those moments where it, it just, I don't know how to explain it. There's just something that happens with us humans. where We're like, yep, I'm with you for life now. Like we can't, there's nothing that can, can really get in this, in this way or in between us. And I got to imagine there was probably a moment after that wildfire was put out where whoever was putting it out and fighting and staying up overnight and coming in after on their day off. Like there's probably a moment where you guys all looked at each other and like, yep, this is, you guys are stuck with me forever. There's, there's got to have been a, a moment, right? Like I can only imagine how bonding that must have been in, in a good way and bad. Like obviously it's scary. Like I can't imagine the, you know, obviously with the amount of time and investment you guys have put into the property and the experience and the brand, that's, yeah, you know, it's a close call. That's a really close call. So the other side of it not being a close call anymore and it's, it's done, it's over with. How was that bonding moment? Did you guys look at each other and just go like, all right, this is it. Like we're forever, we're forever grateful for, for what you've done. Is there anything like that for you guys?
0: We did. And it's something I'll never forget. And I think you articulated the emotion of that moment so well, because, you know, one of the, one of the, one of the guys um, is also military. So I feel like he, you know, he, he understands that. And he said, you know, this was the only option for what to do. You know, there is no, like just go home or just, mm-hmm. you know, let it happen. and, the thing is, I've, I've obviously got way more to lose in this. You know, for them, it's just a job, but for me, it's everything. So, in terms yeah. of what it meant for me, it was extraordinary. And the head of construction was also there with us. So, it was like maintenance and construction. We were, we all had hoses in hand or doing it. He actually just started working with us. Like, he's, we've, he worked with us remotely for maybe two years, but like, this was his, maybe like, this was his, uh, he's like third week on the job. Can you imagine? Um, But it's just the type of person he is. And I think that that's who we're, we're surrounded with is, is, and that's where, you know, tying back into what you said, like, I think everyone sees the commitment from, you know, all levels of the org chart and the belief that, you know, on all, all different levels. And um, for us, it really doesn't even feel like a tiered thing. Like, for us like the commitment to our guests and the opportunity that we have to really raise the standard for luxury outdoor hospitality and to create a new model that doesn't look like hotels and it doesn't look like airbnb is really exciting to all of us and everyone's bringing ideas to the table you know it's a meritocracy it's like hey the best idea wins it actually i'll tell you it's interesting but and and kind of a sad thing about the hospitality industry like I for years now have like this location, a little over two years old. And for I feel like for the first year, I just kept saying to my housekeeping team and maintenance team, like, hey, I what your ideas, you know, and I'm telling them all this stuff. And no one had had treated them with that respect before, you know. And I just told them recently this was actually before the fire, but we were getting together and enjoying some food and stuff. And I was like, I just admitted to them, I was like, I feel like the first year No one really believed me. They were like, either because they had been wounded before or been kind of manipulated by, you know, management or owners who were just trying to like squeeze everything they can out of them. I was like, now I'm like, we've we've really turned a corner and now, you know, I'm getting, there's just so much, so much dialogue, so many ideas, so many ways that we're finding that we can get 1% better every day.
1: Ah, I love that. I, I truly do. I truly do love that. It, it's the, I always call it the, the hospitality theology, right? Like it's, it kind of gets biblical, right? Like it's, it's, there's no other way for me to really describe these type of stories or conversations because it just is something deeper than, Oh, you know, you know, I love Ritz Carlton and always look up to them as an example in, in a lot of ways, but you know, I love their line of ladies and gentlemen, serving ladies and gentlemen, but it's bigger than that. Like that's, that's the, the you know, suit and tie type of guess that walks in, you know, business, we're here on a whatever. But like, there's just something deeper with these type of stories and these type of bonds and moments with teams and guests that it really does. It, again, the only way I could describe it is like biblical. It just becomes, it becomes a, a theology, a practice, a, a belief, something greater than an org chart, greater than a, and we even used the word startup earlier in the episode. And it's like, yeah, you guys are a startup. But like the way for, it's, you know, Talking about it doesn't feel like a startup, and you know it's another thing you mentioned earlier that I wanted to kind of bring up is you know you talked about there's no pot of money you know family history that's sitting behind this brand it's it's pretty new you guys aren't you don't have that type of backing but you're creating that I think like the the roots right now are, are you're creating that for for your daughter and for the next you know Seth and Tori to come take it over if if that's the the path that happens and so I think there's, these moments are going to be the ones you guys are going to look back at 10 years from now. And you're gonna be like, oh shoot, 20 years from now. Oh shoot. Like, can you believe these guests are still coming back from when we first started to, you know, at two years old or anything like that. So anyways, it's, it's just super cool to, to watch and, and hear. So I'm curious as you guys are developing this more and more and more outside of just, you know, cabins, I know Tori on her episode mentioned about like a community center and being able to do more things for guests to interact with each other. What's on the horizon now that you've got you know that hell of three days of putting out fire together <laughs> behind you? And I know it's you, know, you probably haven't had time to to rest since, but you know what what is ahead for for the brand and for the the vision of you guys on this property and and creating that legacy? We've got we got a lot in store.
0: I mean, I'm I'm a visionary, so like I'm always thinking about and dreaming about what's possible and for us you know the there's the uh the spa like creating a wellness haven on the property it's perfect for this place i think from a, a value differentiation i mean like i mean everyone's there's how many iterations have you seen of like a spa in an urban setting and it's essentially just like you know 50 or 80 minutes and it's a back row, but like that's pretty much it there's not really an experience to it And here we have like waterfalls on the property, these gorgeous rock faces, you know, nature trails and everything. So it it really is going to be more than just like one place. And it's going to be, you know, sort of think of like a private oasis where, you know, you can do have a plunge pool and a sauna and a hot tub and quiet rooms and just like meditation and journaling and like intrinsic work and mindfulness meditation. And then an entire experience for the spa itself. You know, like what you go through, what you consume. Because for me, like this, this is a prime example, right? If the intention was just money, then it would be like, what's the most we can charge and the least we can provide, and how do we scale that? But I really do want to. For me, it's about. It's not. It's not transactional. It's like how can the experience be. So, so life-giving and elevating that, and, and so unique that people want to come back again and again. And we've got the setting and the property for it. I mean, we're, we're putting the spa. You can see, I don't know how many miles you can see. My guess is like well over 30, maybe 50, but you can see three States from that spot. Cause you're up on top of a mountain looking out next to a waterfall. Like we've got the environment and the the setting to create a spa unlike anything else anyone's ever experienced. And I think just making it as good as it possibly can be will mean that we have people come back every year, some people every quarter. So, you know, then, then just, then speaking in business terms, like your lifetime value is just through the roof and you're building, you know, people and becoming like evangelists for, for Bolt Farm Treehouse. And, you know, I just talked to a couple of tonight and they were like, we, we, got a dozen couples that we know would love this and we can't wait to tell them about it and I think that's just that's the side I want to be on you know yeah Um, it doesn't mean that you're I mean you're not always optimizing for profit but like you will be more profitable in the long run
1: yeah I was gonna say sacrificing the short-term success of profitability is the long-term goal right because it it does play out better in the long run it's more sustainable and I'm a quarterly type of spa day kind of guy i i it's kind of my one treat to myself so maybe instead of hitting up the spa that i'm at in denver then i would be flying out to to bolt farm treehouse to get my quarter quarterly spa treatment because it i i just love that that vision and not just saying okay here's this building that we're going to create and we're just going to hire massage therapists for 80 minute massages or 60 minute massages and let people have awkward silent time with Five other people in a row of chairs and you know all this other stuff right <laughs> like it's it's actually going to be something that's an experience and i think you know do you i want to know do you ask that so like question to yourself whenever you're kind of creating something new on the property or within the brand like how do we make this an experience outside of what people are normally used to is that like a normal go-to question i can imagine
0: yes and i'm asking the same thing of of food and beverage right now too because i feel like food and breath is such a if it's the l and the P and L, you know for most hospitality mm-hmm. operations it's like yeah. just a necessary sort of evil and like every i'm getting i'm getting told this by some hospitality consultants and i'm just like no like it can be great it can be you know it can be a better experience it, it should not be the same old thing and you know i'm determined to figure out what that is so currently we're looking at like live fire cooking options like can you imagine like you know seeing the the food like vegetables hanging down over a live fire on top of the mountain that kind of thing so i just feel like there's still there's so much room for creativity and i'm just hoping to attract you know the best and the brightest and the most creative and the people who actually do want to have books written about them you know hospitality books and like dishes this group of people came together and they truly did something different that then inspired a whole new generation of what luxury outdoor hospitality can look like, what, you know, what wellness and nature can, can do for
1: humanity. I love it. Well, not to, not to rush to the end of the episode, but I do want to respect your time. And I really appreciate you taking the time to, to join me on the podcast and, and get, get a little biblical hospitality, biblical <laughs> <laughs> today <laughs> and to share the story, it's been super, super exciting. I always ask this question for all of our guests. A lot of the listeners love to connect and reach out or you know share their their thoughts on the episode with our, our listener or our guests. So if you had one link, I'm obviously going to link all your guys' socials and website and everything in, in the show notes. but if you had one link for people to reach out and connect with you or want to learn more, where would you send them? boltfarmtreehouse.com slash careers. Let's work together. <laughs> Let's work together, even better. Let's do some a real bunch work of in hospitals. <laughs>
0: Will, this is awesome, man! I'm, I'm so energized. I feel like I can go run a mile. Always great to talk to you, brother. I, I,
1: I feel the same. And thank you so much, and of course, like all of our slick talkers out there, know you can like and subscribe to all things Bolt Farm Treehouse and Careers Now if you want to join an awesome team. And we'll, of course, like always, see you again next week. What's up, slick talkers? This episode is brought to you by my friends and first time ever podcast sponsors and partners at Hostfully. Now, I'm trying to make things as simple as possible because I know the simpler it is for you, the simpler it is for me, and the simpler it is for your business. So, with Hostfully, you can know that when you sign up with them, that you'll have the best channel integrations like Airbnb, Verbo, and Booking.com. The best integration marketplace, aka the marketplace where you find all your other tech vendors and partners like Minute and Safely, other sponsors of the show, where you can seamlessly integrate them into your Hostfully platform. And of course, other amazing best-in-class features like Hostfully's mobile app where you can take literally... Every action and every piece of fleet on the go with you, whether you have your computer or not. You can just have it on your mobile device. And as long as you have Wi Fi or service, you're able to operate your business with ease. So grab my link in the show notes and you'll save money on their property management platform and, of course, their amazing digital guidebooks. Now back to the episode.